Pete McMurray, Andrea Darlitz in the Allstate Skyline studio. The Jason Van Dyke sentencing came through today, 81 months. I watched CLTV probably all afternoon, and this guy did a wonderful job. It's attorney Michael Oppenheimer. Great job today, by the way. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Long day. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't realize, I talked to Andrea about this at the top of the show, I didn't realize that it would go all day long and we'd find out right before 6 o'clock. Did you? No, uh, it went on and on and on. I thought it might be early afternoon, but I was wrong about it quite a few things today. <laughs> Michael, though, you were great at explaining, and if, yep. if you could just re-explain, that he was sentenced on the second-degree murder conviction as opposed to the aggravated uh, the aggravated battery charges with each, with each shot of, for which he was convicted. So can you re-explain why that was? Sure, if I can. Okay. Um, the judge followed what the defense wanted because as we, you know, there's a million lawyers out there trying to figure out the possible sentencing and nobody ever agreed because it was complicated and it, it was kind of unusual. So the judge decided that the second degree murder was the more serious charge which it sounds like it would be because it mentions murder as opposed to the aggravated battery. The aggravated battery, each count is a class X felony, which is close to the most serious, which carries six to 30 years and you're not eligible for probation. The attempt, mur- the second degree murder is what's called a class one felony and it carries four to 20 years, but you're eligible for probation. The judge, however, said it makes more sense and followed a couple of cases to go with the uh, second-degree murder, which gave him the option of giving a lesser sentence, which, in right. fact, is what he did. Right. I thought the judge did a uh, fantastic job explaining that before the sentencing came through. Did you uh, you agree he with did. that? Okay. I-, I would agree with that. He explained it pretty well. Uh, the witnesses that they had today, for both sides, heartbreaking. I mean, every single testimony, it's just it, it tugged at your heartstrings. But they had a man who was blind. That was very awkward. Yes. Do you want to explain that to our listeners that missed it today? Because the entire, as soon as he sat down and the judge, um, or I'm sorry, he wasn't blind, he was deaf. There was a deaf man. The judge said, can you get closer Correct. to the microphone? And he wasn't going to be speaking because there was a woman in front of him signing and everyone broke out in laughter. I'm like, this is just right. awkward. And then I think it was weird because the judge said, I thought the judge said, speak up or something. And then they knew he, I don't know. It was very awkward. And then to have him not be able to identify Van Dyke was, was weird. And I think what may have happened, I don't know. There's two possibilities. One is, you know, he didn't bring his glasses and he said he couldn't see him. But if that's the case, that's poor preparation by the prosecutors because you, before you put a guy up there, you better make sure that you know that he's going to identify the guy. Right. And number two, have a secondary plan, like show him a picture. Say, hey, is this the guy you identified before? Or say, did you and I have a conversation last week where you identified this man as the person that did it? That happens when, A, the witness you know, just is having problems, or, B, he flips on you, and whatever reason, he may be scared of the police department or something like that, and refused to identify Van Dyke. And in any event, it was a huge embarrassment uh, for the prosecution. This was a man that was pulled over um, years ago by Jason Van Dyke and his partner. And the deaf man, they asked him to get up, and he walked around the courtroom. I think he flipped. Right. What are your thoughts? It it was very weird. I think he flipped. (laughs) And freaked out. It doesn't happen. For, it doesn't happen very often, and a lot of times it'll happen. You have gangbangers that are recant on something, right. and as a prosecutor, what you do is just say, "Look, we had a conversation last week, and you tell me it was this guy. Now you're flipping." 
Right. And then the jury or the, the judge knows he's slipping. I think he flipped out. I think he got scared and nervous and said, I'm not doing this. I, I agree with you. Michael, during a hearing like this, a sentencing hearing, when the witnesses come up both for and against the, the person being sentenced, can they say anything they want? And the reason I'm asking is it was odd to me when Reverend Hunter came forward. I know he's the great uncle of Laquan McDonald, but he read a statement as though he were or was Laquan McDonald saying, I can't speak, I'm not here. So my question, again, going back, can you say anything you want during these proceedings as a witness? Um, I thought it was very effective to do it that way. I've never seen that before, yeah. and I've seen a lot of these. I, I, so in answer to your question, yes, there is no question that um, there are very few rules, except, you know, you can't incite violence or do something crazy. And he would have submitted that statement to the prosecution before, so they would have known what it is. Gotcha. So they, they knew about it. They approved of it. They probably worked with him on it. Um, so, yes, you can. You, you kind of can say anything you want within reason. We're talking with uh, attorney Michael Oppenheimer, who was all over CLTV today, breaking everything down during the uh, Jason Van Dyke sentencing hearing. So he gets 81 months, which is approximately six and three-fourth years. So he has served Correct. 90 days. It looks like three years he's going to be out. Is that true? So I have my own opinions. Um, he's going to be out in less than three years. He, this is a 50% sentence, and we double-checked today. I, I knew it was, but under the uh, second-degree murder, it's, you, you serve 50%. So cut that in half and then drop the 90 days uh, that you said he's already been in. And so it will be probably under three years, and then he is eligible. There may be programs such as work release that after two years he may become eligible for. So he could be out uh, in as soon as two, a little bit over two years. Will he be in solitary, do you think? Um, You know, that's up to the prison system. My guess is that they'll put him in solitary because I'm sure he will not be safe. Um, You know, this was quite, uh, I don't know, it, it was a disturbing sentence. But my guess is that he will be that he will be in solitary. Well, when police officers go to prison, they put them in solitary for their own personal mm-hmm. safety. Correct. Uh, correct. And I think he will need it. This is a controversial case. This is a controversial sentence. There is no question about it. Um, so, yes, my guess is that he will be in solitary. What I found interesting as well, Michael, and maybe uh, you can comment on this from the legal perspective, is that while activists and, and there were all the mayoral candidates, many of whom were not happy, they wanted a stiffer sentence. You had Joe McMahon, who was the special prosecutor, afterwards saying, yes, this was this was just mm-hmm. based on sentencing guidelines and the judge following uh, precedents and, and, the, and the law for sentencing under second degree murder. This they were OK with the sentence. I didn't understand that. Um, I have my own guesses on that. I mean, here you have a special prosecutor is a prosecutor from another county. Uh, It is my understanding that a lot of prosecutors didn't want this because I think depending on where you live, your constituents don't want you prosecuting a police officer. You know, Mm -hmm. It's, it's not necessarily good politics. And here you have your job as prosecutor is supposed to advocate for the person that cannot help himself, which is Laquan McDonald. And I think he kind of went down the middle of the road instead of really, you know, they got a great verdict. They got a verdict pretty close to exactly what they wanted. Um, Many legal experts, including me, think that the minimum really was 60 years. I'm not saying, um, you know, that that's not too much. But to go in there and ask for 18 to 20, which is not what the family wanted, Mm -hmm. which is not what a lot of the public wanted. And then after he gets a sentence where he only serves two-ish years, 
and say that it was just uh, I, I don't find that I, I find that disingenuous. It was interesting because that that is so true. The uh, prosecutor said uh, it, it was a win for them. And then Danny Herbert gets on uh, and does the press conference afterwards. And he said, we're very happy with the verdict. Right. Very happy. Three years. <laughs> right. So if I was Dan Herbert, I would have said the same thing. Right. They should be jumping for joy. That is better than anyone could imagine. No one expected him to get probation. I, I, again, I think it is strange, and I think it's, in my own personal opinion, I think it's wrong to say that it was a just sentence. It, it, it wasn't a just sentence, given the facts of this case and the seriousness of this case. They found him guilty of murder, basically, with special circumstances. Mm-hmm. I think the jury sent a message. I don't think the jury would be happy with that sentence, but I agree with Dan Herbert. He should be very, very happy uh, with that sentence. Were you shocked that this went to trial in the first place? I thought they would settle, personally. I thought there's no way this is going to go to trial because they have the video. It's a done deal. Um, I was a little shocked. I I thought years ago when this started coming around that there would be not a backroom deal, but there would be a quiet deal Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of make this go away, save the city all of this, save the controversy, and make it a deal, you know, like around 10, 15, 20 years where everybody – is not totally happy, but nobody is going crazy about it. And that certainly didn't happen. Um, that didn't happen. I'll never forget the day the verdict came down. Oh, yeah. I was driving to work. I've never, ever felt unsafe in this city. I was driving to work. There was an eerie <laughs> feeling. I was on the air when the verdict came through. And I just remember the anger and just the, the tension in the air that day. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. You're right, for the city. The city needs to heal. I don't know yeah, how it, it happens. Maybe it happens with the new mayor, but we need to go in a different direction here. I think, and this is, again, my own personal bent and kind of on what I do for a living, which is criminal defense and civil rights. I, I think I agree with you. The city needs to heal. I think there's been traditionally a problem in the police department. Um, most police officers are great police officers. We need them, right. but they have a problem of not fixing their problems and not not taking care of the bad apples, and there's bad apples everywhere. And, of course, it's training involved. You heard a lot about that today, where the former police officers said, this is what we trained him to do. And I think they thought this was a good shoot because Mm -hmm. this is what they trained him to do, blame the police department, too. So I don't think – I think it took a step in healing it when there was that verdict because a verdict like that hasn't happened in 50 years from what I understand. But today, with a sentence like this, I think you took a little step back – in, in assigning the importance of the verdict. Right. You know, and I'm very surprised, again, to go back to this, that, that, that once the verdict was announced, everybody said, you know, let's listen, justice, let's listen to the jury's verdict, because the jury, they sat there day in, day out, right. listening, so respect the jury's verdict, whatever it was. And people for, I think, were very, there were peaceful protests, or, you know, there were mm-hmm. rallies and whatnot. That's fine. But now with, I think, many of the mayoral candidates, including Willie Wilson, Lori Lightfoot, I'm just surprised about, now they're saying, well, this miscarriage of justice with regard to the sentencing, I'm surprised since they are going, they have the potential to be the next mayor, that they're weighing so heavily against the judge when the judge really, as you said earlier, Pete, you alluded to, and Michael, you did too, he... The judge was following the sentencing guidelines. Right. He was following precedents. The judge didn't, you know, yeah, granted it's on the lower end, but he's following these guidelines. So now why are they after, you know, why are they not happy with the judge? That's a great question. It's a political um, move. 
it's a political move. It's a political move. And, you know, the judge himself may have made a political move. His own feelings may have joined in on this, but he is the judge. The the jury spoke, and and that's the system we have. And I'm the first one to say I don't agree with this sentence in any way, shape, or form. However, he's the judge. I mean, I'm not running for anything. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, I don't think I ever will. But but he's the judge. and so there is that process. But you can certainly disagree with how things went down, but I think it's a, that's a political move. Everybody's arguing towards their future constituents. Right. Does Jason Van Dyke get his pension, his police pension? That's a, Ooh, that's a good question. I No one has mentioned that, and I've looked online. I don't see anything. He's 40 years old. How long has he been a cop? Uh, I think, what did they say, 10, 15 years? Somebody said that, so, I think. So he's out in three years. He's a convicted felon. Okay. Does Correct. he does he get his pension? I would think not if you're a convicted felon. I don't know how that works. I don't know. I would think not, but I don't know. I would think not, and then there may be some sort of appeal process for him to try and get his pension. Right. I would think not. For a right. portion of it. And can he get a job in any police agency again? Mm, I, I don't I hope think not. so. No, not no, as no, a convicted no, felon. No, no, not at all. No. Nope. Nope. Uh, Michael, you were great today on CLTV. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you very much. Take care. That was awesome. Thanks. uh, Bye-bye. Attorney Michael Oppenheimer, he was, I mean, they took a break, and uh, they would throw to Michael, and he just, he had all the right answers. And he had great explanations, too, breaking it down so we can understand. He did. So how do we move forward from here? It's going to snow this weekend, so we're not really going to see any protests. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. There was but, supposed to be the uh, the big women's, not uh, not the women's march, how we saw it the last two years, but the rally in Federal Plaza tomorrow, right. organized by some of the uh, some of the younger women in the mm-hmm. community. I don't know if that's going to happen now because of the snow. Uh, did the mayoral uh, candidates release statements today? They did, yeah. We can go through a couple of those. Okay. Let me take a quick break, okay. and uh, we'll do that next. It's 720 WGN.